Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. I want to talk about perspective. In the past few weeks, I've talked to so many teachers, both new and seasoned, and a lot of times I'm getting this one common thread. Teachers have been feeling discouraged, um, exhausted, hopeless. It's a combination of things um, as I reflect on my time with a lot of teachers over the past few weeks. A lot of it is feeling like they have a difficult class, a difficult student, a couple of difficult students. Some of them feel like they have no support from admin. Some new teachers are trying to figure it all out. The challenges in the classroom, kids coming in and out, needing to give some students some extra support, filling out the paperwork that comes with that. If there are new TEKS or new Common Core Standards, curriculum. And then there's the challenging children or challenging students. Sometimes it can be one, sometimes it can be more than one. And then it's simply being a new teacher and just trying to figure it all out. So there's that piece. And then there's also the seasoned teacher and the middle of the road teacher. And whether it's a new teacher or a veteran teacher, I've been hearing the same thing. So this has been weighing heavy on my heart, and I've been able to have some pretty meaningful, big conversations with some teachers, uh, some serious heart-to-hearts, lots of tears, and honestly kind of talking a few teachers out of walking away from One of the most amazing careers uh, that the world has, the art of teaching and the profession of teaching. So I'm kind of giving you a little backstory on where this episode is coming from. And it's important for me to say that this is not an easy episode for me to share in large part because the things I want to share, I, I was hesitant and fearful even of how they would be perceived. But a few things have happened. I'm starting to notice this common thread of um, something comes to me for an episode and fear kind of holds me back and I get this negative self-talk. And then something happens where a teacher um, shares a very similar event and says they really, really needed to hear what I have to share. So that very thing happened with this episode. I actually recorded this episode and tried to edit it for the first time and lost it. And I thought, okay, that means I don't need to share this. But then I got a message from a teacher about the first episode and she was thirsty for it and said it really helped her. And told me to continue to push forward. So here we go. I'm going to start by saying. I know more than anybody. What it's like to be in the shoes. 
of having a tough year. I have been there on more than one occasion. Those years are some of the toughest years in my career. Those years are the years that a lot of times I packed up and left shortly after the kids. There was not a lot of prep for the next day sometimes because I just didn't have it in me. There were tears. Um, there was seclusion. I just didn't want to talk to anybody, not at home, not at work. And so I'm sharing that with you to say, I know what it's like. I really, really know what it's like. And a little bit later, I'll share with you what got me through those times. But I want to give you some inspiration right now. The first thing I like to say is, you know, we have a vision when we come into education about changing the world and every single kid is going to be so excited and have the same vision you do and just be hanging on the edge of their seat, waiting with open arms and big smiles to receive what you're giving them. That is true sometimes, but it's not true all the time. And when that euphoric bubble doesn't exist, what do we do? How do we handle it? And I think we have to understand that we have anywhere between, there's a big range. Some people are lucky enough to have 15 kids or less. A lot of us have 22 some people have up to 30 kids in their class. So it's difficult to know what's going on in the life of each child. It takes a lot of work to start building those relationships. But what I'm saying is to have that many kids in a class and let's let's jump all the way up to middle school and high school. And I could start lower, but let me start here. Middle school and high school kids, they have between 12 and 18 years of things that have happened in their lives. Some kids have had an awesome, awesome, amazing, fun, adventure-filled, happy life. That's not true for every student. Some students have lost parents, have no parents, have seen divorce, have had tragedy, have had trauma, real, ugly, painful, unspeakable trauma. And they start to build up these walls to protect themselves. Some kids may have been told that, you know, a loved one or family member is going to be there for them. And then after a little bit, they weren't. So some students get to a point where they put up a wall and they don't want to trust anybody because every time they let someone in, that person leaves. And so to not get hurt anymore, I'm going to put up a lot of walls. I'm going to act out in such a way where I'm not very likable. And I'm doing all of that to protect myself. So as teachers, do we ever... Do we ever just stop and think about why sometimes? Why do kids act the way they act? Are we so focused on our emotions, our anger, our frustration, our euphoric bubble that burst and it's not supposed to be this way? And all the other feelings that we have, what, what, are, what are we focused on really? 
Now, as I'm talking about this, remember what I said before? I've I've been in these shoes quite often, more than more than I can count. Um, but we have to remember that we're not the savior. Sometimes we have a cape on but we don't have the cape on for the right reasons when we really, really stop and think about it. And if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, if you, if you stop and think about your, let's go personal for a minute, a personal relationship with um, someone you're dating or a spouse and you have visions of how things are supposed to be. You have the way you want things and we try to train, try to change that person. It doesn't go so well, does it? Mm-mm. I know it doesn't. It doesn't for me anyway. You know, when we try to change someone, uh, we shut them down. We're, we're stopping them from being who they are. The communication gets shut off. There's withdrawal, sometimes defiance and anger. And, and that same thing can happen in a teacher-student relationship, but it can be even worse because a child is a lot younger than an adult and doesn't always handle their emotions as well because they don't have as many years of experience to know how to cope and handle certain emotions. So they're acting out, I'm using air quotes, they're acting out is going to be quite a bit different from an adult's form of that. So we have to be careful about, are we trying to change children or are we trying to impact and leave an imprint on their lives? Are we so consumed in our emotions that we're not stopping to acknowledge baggage, hurt, abuse, mistrust, feelings that they can't let anybody in? Do we really stop and think about that? And a lot of that comes from taking the time to get to know each student one-on-one. I have this, this pact that I made with myself and it's been amazing. Every single instructional day, I make it a point to have a one-on-one individual, just the two of us conversation with every student in my class every single day. Not a day goes by that I don't address each child one-on-one and give them some time where all they have is me and they don't have me dealing with all the other kids in my class. And it's, it's, it's been in those times where kids have started to let the walls down because I feel like it's because they realize she cares enough about me, me. She's talking to just me and she's got all those kids over there and she's talking to just me. She cares that much about me. And so we have to remember if, 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 if we try that, you gotta be consistent because remember I said a minute ago about, um, kids start to trust people and then they leave. Well, this is the same thing. If we start tearing walls down, if we start committing to a kid that you're going to get some me time 
every single day. And then all of a sudden we're too busy or all of a sudden we're emotional or having a bad day or frustrated with kids not doing things that we think they should be doing. We're letting this kid down again. We join the ranks of the others. And so what happens? The wall comes back up. That kid that you were breaking through through to might start acting out again. And you're wondering why. And it was actually you weren't consistent. Now, I'm saying you. I have been guilty of that, too. I know I said I meet with each kid one-on-one every day, but there have been some days where it didn't happen and it breaks my heart. But you know what I do? I acknowledge it. I talk to the child that I missed. Make sure that he or she knows that you mean something to me. You are important to me. And I apologize. If we apologize to kids, if we, if they can see us be vulnerable, take risks and be transparent and talk about our failures, our mistakes, our oopses, where we could be better. What are we doing for that kid? What are we doing for those kids? What are we doing for our class? We are showing them that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to drop the ball. If you do the right thing in the next step. So when we, when we, when we drop the ball a little bit and then we acknowledge it, gosh, y'all, we're showing that kid, you know, I really, really care about you and I am so sorry I made a mistake. And what if we ask a child, will you forgive me? We're empowering that kid. Not only, oh, we're we're doing so much for kids. We're showing them that it's okay to be vulnerable. We're showing them that adults make mistakes. We're asking a child for forgiveness. We're teaching kids that it's important to forgive. We're empowering them with the tools they need to forgive others. Those are things that I feel like kids will absolutely not forget. When you're doing those things, you're tearing down the walls, you're building up the trust. You may notice a shift in your classroom climate and those very things that you were struggling with and and so frustrated with. So we have to take ownership in our classroom. And I know that's hard sometimes. And I know sometimes it's, I don't want to say impossible, but very, very difficult when we have certain situations in our classrooms. Um, I know there are some times where we have to have behavior specialists and and all sorts of um, diagnosticians and support in our classrooms. Sometimes it's really challenging to just stay afloat. And that's real. It happens. And it's tough. So there are certain situations where You just need support. You need support from your teammates. You need support from administration. And we talked a minute ago about sometimes people are feeling um, desolation that they're not getting that support from admin. It's really, really important that you wrap your arms and allow your team to wrap their arms around you to not close off and be so consumed by the challenges that are out of your control that you cut off communication. So first we have to realize that some things are out of our control and accept that does not mean give up, does not mean don't push forward, 
does not mean do your best, do your work every single day, diligently with every single child. So yes, there are challenges. Roll up our sleeves, dig the heels in the sand and and, and just push forward every day one day at a time. You know, I said a minute ago, it's about perspective. So whatever lenses we're looking through frames our vision. Whatever lenses we're looking through frames our vision, frames what you see, frames what you think, frames what you perceive as happening. The lenses we look through are so important to make sure we're looking through non-skewed lenses. So when we ask ourselves tough, reflective questions, first of all, we need to commit to do that. And then secondly, when we ask ourselves the tough, reflective questions, we need to be honest with ourselves and Allow ourselves to not be perfect. Give ourselves permission to kind of miss the mark a little bit and then figure out how we can aim better. I think as teachers, we put so many expectations on ourselves more than parents put on us, on us more than administrators put on us because we're so passionate about what we're doing. I think we forget our why sometimes because we get caught up in the other stuff, but we hurt because we're passionate. We hurt because we care. Again, perspective. I don't necessarily always think we're hurting because kids are acting out. I think we're hurting because we want so desperately to teach and so desperately for the kids to get it. And so desperately for things to go the way we perceive them in this euphoric bubble. But we have to stop and realize we have so many different kids from so many different backgrounds that we don't even begin to understand. Even if they share some things with us, we don't understand everything that's happened in kids' lives. And we have to put that in perspective. So there are a few things that I think it's important for us to remember some, some truths that will help us frame the lenses that we look through. We have to remember that teaching is a calling and we answered the call. Not everybody answers the call or some people realize "Mm, this is not for me, but we answered the call and we are doing our best every single day to fulfill that call. So we have to remember that we are called. When you're called, such purpose, such power behind that. That means you're needed. You are needed. You are, there's a place for you. There's a space for you. There are people who need you. So we have to remember that we are called. We have to remember that our job is to impact students, to touch their lives, to leave them better than they were before we came into their lives, to leave an imprint on their hearts. And friends, when we do all of that, that's affecting change. We shouldn't set out to change a child. We should accept children with everything they come to us with. 
And then our job is simply to nurture, nurture, to build a relationship, get to know the child, get to know the whole person and touch their hearts. We need to let students know that we care about them more than we care about the instructional piece because I have to know that you care about me to receive whatever you're giving to me. So children need to know that they are valued, they're cared for, that they are in a safe place before any instruction happens. So, you know, time together in the morning before your day starts, that being in the hallway, seeing the kids before they come in, that that hug, that embrace, that high five, that how are you? How was your night? Did you have soccer? Did you did you nail it? Those few moments in the hall before the kids even cross the threshold coming into your room can totally change the trajectory of their day. They may have been at home feeling bummed. You don't know what happened. You could be the one person to totally turn that around because you took the time to look at them and ask, how's it going? How'd you do? What's going on? So building that relationship is so important. And that's where we remember we're not called to just be the change, to be the savior, to be the white cape or whatever superhero cape you want to have on. We're there to hold out our hand, open our arms and be there for our students. That's all a part of building relationships. And we, we, part of the self-reflection and asking ourselves the tough questions, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that I'm doing that's not working? Is it me? Is it something I'm doing? And think about your whole day. Think about a few days in a row. Ask yourself, what can I do differently? If something's not working, change it. You know, if we're feeling disconnected from our students, sometimes we have to look at what have we done to build a relationship? Am I just plowing forward like a tractor trying to keep teaching or am I fertilizing and nurturing the relationship? So maybe I need to look through some different lenses and change my perspective. What if I got together with my whole class at a restaurant, simple fast food restaurant, What if we got together for a family dinner night, laughing, talking, no, no, no school related, no parent conference, no, how's he doing in class? None of that. Having fun, fellowship, eating. What if we went on a picnic together? What if we had a play day together? You know, I'm going to the birthday parties. I'm going to the volleyball game, the football game, the soccer game. What if I start connecting with my kids and their families outside of class? And then what if I bring the families into the classroom? Whoa. I've done it. I'm doing it. I love it. My parents love it. You can have parents, you can set up a whole calendar for a whole year where parents are coming into your classroom reading with your kids, 
you're sitting down on the carpet or whatever your classroom setup is, enjoying the story with your parents, grandparents, have a schedule, invite them in. Do you know what it, what it would do to a kid to look forward to that day where their loved one is coming into the classroom to read to the class? Um, social media and technology, a beautiful thing. What about take your class to work day? What about creating a schedule and parents who, if they work from home or if they go to work every day, set up a schedule for the parents to take us to work. You talk to the parent in advance, find out what they do, help them kind of kid it down a little bit, talking kids speak so the kids can understand um, what their job is. And then the last portion of your time together on Skype, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a book girl, so I'm always going to go to a story to close something out. So whatever you're learning in class or whatever that child's favorite book is, have the parents surprise the kid and read their favorite book to the whole class. Like, how cool is that? Picnics are my favorite. I, I love picnics, and I just can't get my family to take me on enough picnics. But what if you did that with your class? What if, oh my goodness, Saturday afternoon, um, a nice spring day right after school, popsicle picnics, even in the summertime, have them look forward to something um, still connecting in the summertime. What would that do? What? How would that change the relationship in your classroom? What would that do for kids to know, wow, she cares <laughs> enough about not just me, but my whole class to spend time outside of school with us? Really? You're tearing down walls and 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 you're not even doing it in the classroom setting. Kids would remember that you're committed to them. You're committed to them so much that you're giving up your personal time. You know, I think one of the biggest things, especially when we get in a season of being frustrated and things are hard, we have to stop and think, how do we sound when we're talking to our students? Do we sound stressed? Do we sound frustrated? Do we sound like we're at our at our breaking point? Are we nagging? Are we yelling, begging over and over and over for kids to listen? You know, how how are we coming across to kids? We have to stop and think about that. Do a self-check on that. If all of that is out of control, then it's time for us to change some things. And I do believe talking to kids every day, one-on-one, just you and the child and nobody else, filter out all of the noise, means the world to kids and consistency with that. Building relationships outside of class, outside of classroom and school day instructional time and doing the self-reflection and asking the tough questions. Realizing that it's not about you all the time, 
realizing that kids come with baggage. Kids come with stuff. Kids come with emotional trauma. We have to realize there's so many layers and so many pieces and so many intricate interwoven things that we may not be able to change. But if we answer some tough questions and if we look through a different set of lenses, I'm certain that we can leave an imprint. That we can change the trajectory, that we can tear down some walls. And before you know it, that child will be different because of you. So I'm asking you to hang in there. I'm asking you to find your village. I'm asking you to not withdraw. And I'm asking you to stay in there. Stay in the fight. Don't throw in the towel. Answer those tough questions. Ask yourself, are you taking that one-on-one time each day with each child? Ask yourself, are you out in the hall in the morning to greet kids when they come in? And not just greet, more than greet. Really check on them. Talk to them. Let's ask ourselves, what can we do differently? How can we change? How can we change the lenses that we're looking through? Change our perspective. Let's put it back on us. And I tell you again, been in the shoes where it's been hard. There have been tears. There's been frustration. There's been loneliness. There's been desolation. I I get the situations where some things are above and out of our control. But so many situations (laughs) kind of falls back in our court if we just own it. And I always say there's a hand waiting to reach out. My hand is always out. And you can grab my hand by emailing me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at TracyBrowder.com. Tracy at TracyBrowder.com. I'm also on Twitter, Tracy Browder. So I'll be that hand. But it's so, so good if you can find that hand, too, in your own campus, in your own space. It knows more about what you're dealing with and can really help you walk through it. But I am always a hand ready to hold your hand if you just reach out to me. Well, we're coming to an end of our time together. I know we talked about a tough conversation. It was hard for me to be transparent and really go to some places that I went. And I hope that I am leaving an imprint on you, not changing you. But I hope I'm inspiring you and making you reflect and then you do some things differently on your own. Thank you for joining me at Intelligogy. 
where together we are disrupting educational normalcy. Till next time.